So here's today's transformational truth, okay? Unspoken fears produce communication failures in marriage. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. So here's today's transformational truth, okay? Unspoken fears produce communication failures in marriage. Today, I want to continue part three in our conversation around marriage and specifically what it takes to restore emotional intimacy in the marriage. Okay, because generally speaking, when it comes to communication in marriage, there's only two types of responses when you're faced with these emotionally charged conversations. Okay, we're either going to respond in love or in fear. There's not much in between. Your responses to your spouse especially when you, if you begin to look back and think back over arguments you've had or these emotionally charged conversations, there's always going to be one of two responses. You either responded out of a place of genuine love or a place of, of honest fear. And I want to spend some time breaking down today these two different responses. Specifically, I want to focus on these fear-based responses because oftentimes what feels like an overreaction from your spouse, I mean, to something that doesn't probably seem like a big deal to you, you know, and you're going to wonder, why are they reacting this way? I mean, is this really that big of a deal? But chances are the reaction has more to do with buried pain that's producing a fear-based response than it does the issue itself. Let, let me show you how this works, okay? So you get hurt at some point in your life, rejection, um, abandonment, some form of, of trauma. And you didn't process that, that pain because let's be honest, 99% of us are not really equipped or taught how to process heart wounds growing up. And honestly, neither did our parents in most cases. And so that old pain just kind of festers in your heart. And then that unresolved pain produces some form of relational fear that begins to feed your thought life. And that fear begins to grow over the years. And it fuels your responses, not just to your spouse, but to just people in general. And it, it's hindering your willingness to be emotionally intimate with your husband or your wife. And that fear produces insecurity. And this insecurity works against your sense of worth and your sense of value as a person. Now, here's what happens. That insecurity will produce pride. Pride is a defense mechanism. That's all it is. It, it, in the context of relationships specifically in marriage. Pride is unintentionally adopted, and it, it, it's very destructive. And we usually don't know we're adopting it, but it's a defense mechanism that we embrace to keep people from seeing all of that insecurity. <laughs> and, and we'll usually employ pride to fight for a sense of worth and fight for a sense of value. So even when we're obviously wrong about something, Pride will cause us to dig in our heels even deeper and fight for the sake of being seen as right because, watch closely, we fear that being seen as wrong means being seen as having less value in the eyes of the person we love. And this is where fear-based responses come in. They start to play into our lives. All right. When we are, I always say, <clears throat> the greatest gift you can give the person you love is a healed and whole version of you. 
that this is the place where we respond out of love. Okay, we don't respond out of the threat of losing value. We don't respond out of the threat as being seen of someone who doesn't have worth in the eyes of the person we are in love with and deeply care about. Okay, because we have done the hard work, we've done the work in our soul, uh, we've walked it out with Jesus and, and maybe a therapist and counselor, and we are living from the place of security and love. Right, that's the ideal. That's the place that we're working towards. Uh, but when we have these unresolved wounds in our life, these unresolved wounds in our heart, we will typically respond from a place of fear, fear of being rejected, fear of not being seen as enough for our husband or our wife, fear um, of abandonment, uh, fear of losing love. Whatever the case is, we'll respond out of fear. And here, here's the truth. When it's fear-based, it's probably not a response. It's probably a reaction, right? Because whenever... I am responding out of fear. I'm probably going to react very poorly. And it's going to turn into an argument. And it's going to turn into an initial tension um, and loud voices um, and walls are going up. And your spouse probably doesn't understand what's going on. Why are you responding this way? Or why are they responding this way to me? I don't get it. It's probably because we haven't done the hard work. We haven't healed from old pain. And some of that pain, quite honestly, is probably pain that you had nothing to do with. Uh, that doesn't mean you didn't cause some pain, in which case we have to take ownership for that. We have to own that. Uh, we have to work through that. We have to ask for forgiveness. We have to acknowledge that pain in order to facilitate healing. But much of that pain probably, in many cases, did not even come from your marriage or from your relationship. It might have happened when they were 10 years old or 15 or in an old relationship in high school or college or in a previous relationship before you and your spouse met or married. And they're still, they don't, they haven't dealt with it. And so because they haven't dealt with that pain, they're responding out of fear and it's producing this insecurity and this pride. And we start fighting from a place of fear. Okay. So when it seems like you keep arguing about stuff that doesn't make sense to argue about, it's often because it's not the argument itself. You're both running into each other's pain. You both keep running into each other's insecurity and each other's fears, and each other's pride. And man, pride is, is nasty. You know, pride is a spiritual disease. Um, one of the ways that pride is so diabolical is that it begins to erode everything around you before it turns inward to you. Here's what I mean by that. Pride will absolutely isolate you from the people you need most in your life. I, I don't just mean your spouse, but by, by all means, it includes your husband or your wife. Pride will absolutely alienate you from friendships. It will alienate you from healthy uh, um, family relationships. Uh, people will either do one of two things. Either either out of pride, you will absolutely push them away. Okay, You will, you will uh, passively, aggressively push people away out of your own sense of pride. Okay, or... People will begin to resign a relationship with you. They'll just resign from it because um, they just can't take the pride anymore. They can't take the constant uh, passive aggressiveness or they can't take um, walking on eggshells all of the time uh, because if they get a little too close to an insecurity, you pridefully lash out. And so we end up eroding in a place of pride. We will erode all of the healthy relationships around us, including God-honoring friendships, because sometimes... I don't have time to get into this in today's uh, podcast, but sometimes we expect from a husband or a wife 
what God intended to give us through a friendship. Okay, now, 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 listen, don't misunderstand me. My wife, Tina, she is my best friend. She is my closest friend. But God did not design you to get everything from your spouse, and he did not design you to get everything from a friend either. Now, I do think, <laughs> I do think there's dangers in trying to get from a friendship what you should only be getting from a spouse. Absolutely true. But I'd never hear people talk about the flip side of that coin. Okay, because when you study the Bible, it's clear that we're designed for re other relationship as well. Okay, God designed us for friendship. We need friends in our lives as well. But what will happen, and honestly, a God-honoring friendship will actually help us see our own blind spots sometimes. Okay, our God-honoring friendships will help us through rough patches in our marriage. They'll help us see the times that we're being prideful in our relationship with our husband or our wife. Okay, so these, these relationships are important, but pride will absolutely begin to <laughs> disintegrate all of the good, life-giving, God-honoring relationships around you that could help breathe life into the marriage relationship. I think, I think a good, God-honoring friendship um, can be a healthy source of loving accountability. In other words, they can help us see the blind spots in our other relationships and, quite frankly, vice versa. But there is no relationship, and I want to be very clear about this, there's no relationship that is more deeper, more meaningful, more intimate than the marriage relationship, and no friendship should ever, I repeat, ever take precedent over the marriage relationship. Let me be very clear about that. I hear this a lot, like, well, my best friend is more important to me than my spouse. Well, your house is way out of order, sweetheart. Okay, uh, there's no other way for me to put it. If you're putting your friends above your spouse, your house is completely out of order, and that's a whole other issue, um, and it may be a sign of some form or some sense of codependency that needs to be addressed and your heart needs to be healed, and maybe your marriage is suffering right now because your husband or your wife has not been made your top priority. Now, let me say something else that's not going to be very popular here, but it needs to be said. Whenever I go on TikTok, I, all I, when I'm on TikTok, the only thing I talk about is marriage and relationships, okay? This is something that God led me to do over a year ago, uh, and um, apparently it's something that was needed uh, from a at least a biblical perspective. I've got about 161,000 people over there that follow me and connect with me on TikTok. In fact, if you're not connected, we'll love for you to connect with me. And the only reason I mention it is because of the need, the desire. People long to hear about God-honoring wise biblical advice when it comes to marriage and relationships. How do I apply truth to my marriage? Anytime I talk about the issue of um, opposite sex friendship in marriage, I get tons of pushback. It's it's funny. It's it's incredible to me how much people push back on that issue. So while I'm here, let me just address it. It is inappropriate, in my humble opinion, to maintain and or cultivate a friendship of the opposite sex when you are a married person. Now, I'm I'm not talking about you and your a wife or you and your husband sharing friend, like, you know, you, you have mutual friends where you hang out together. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about facilitating an exclusive relationship with somebody of uh, the opposite sex. Because here's the problem. When you begin to facilitate this friendship, you're exchanging emotion. Exchanging of emotions is, a, is its own form of relational intimacy. When you begin to exchange emotion and cultivate this relational intimacy with somebody of the opposite sex, and you're married, well, you're liable to turn on feelings and emotions that aren't healthy for you or for them. Okay, emotional intimacy precedes physical intimacy. You can fill in the blank. You can connect the dots. Where do we go from there? 
So this, in, in 19 years of ministry, I've never ever seen this turn out well. I've never seen a husband or wife cultivating an exclusive relationship with someone of the opposite sex and, and it turning out positive for anybody. I've never seen it add any value. And I know I'm going to get some pushback and some people are going to say, oh, but I've had a friend for years and it's never, it's never been an issue. Listen to me. You are opening yourselves up to vulnerabilities that aren't necessary for your marriage, and I would advise you against it. Now, again, I'm not talking about shared you know, couple friendships where you and your husband or you and your wife have mutual friends with this other couple, and you all hang out together, and you do stuff together. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about these relationships where you're on the phone with somebody else talking about stuff you should probably be talking about your spouse with or talking to your spouse with about. Okay, when we start to share stuff and open our hearts up to people that aren't our spouse and they're emotional things in nature or they're things that are connected to our heart, oh my goodness. And, and it's funny because people are like, no, they're just a friend and they're always just going to be a friend. And then a year down the road, that quote unquote friend, I, I've, I've seen it happen more times than I can count. It turns into an affair. I, I, I'm not speaking hypothetically. I've watched it unfold over and over and over again. Well, what should I do then, Pastor Travis? What are you saying I should do? Are you saying I should like, like cut off these friendships? Yeah, I am. I'm saying you, should, you need to establish healthy boundaries and you need to honor the marriage and you need to draw some clear, decisive boundaries around these external friendships. Uh, you might need to redefine them. I'm not saying be a jerk. I'm not saying be um, unchristian about it. I'm saying be wise about it. And if you're serious about cultivating a life-giving marriage and restoring emotional intimacy, then it, you need to establish boundaries. This is vital. Even especially, this is true for anybody, especially if you're living from fear. Okay, because sometimes when you're living from fear, what you'll do is you'll reach out to somebody where there doesn't, there's no risk, okay, of quote-unquote rejection or abandonment, and you begin to share your heart with them, and then you begin to establish an emotional connection with them, right? Because when you're not healed, you are most vulnerable. Let me say this again. If you are not, if you're harboring old wounds in your heart and you're living from a place of fear, or you're trying to love from a place of fear, your heart is the most vulnerable to attaching itself to other situations and or relationships that ultimately are going to produce a lot of heartache and pain in your marriage. I'm telling you, listen, it's vital because we start loving from our place of insecurity, living from a place of insecurity, and it produces all of this pride. We start hiding conversations. We start hiding relationships. It's dangerous and it's unhealthy. Fight for your marriage. Your marriage is worth it, okay? All right, let's get back on track. Let's talk about restoring emotional intimacy in your marriage. Sorry, I really felt led in that moment to address that issue. Um, when it seems like you're arguing about the stuff that doesn't make sense to argue about, it's because you're running into each other's pain. You're running into each other's insecurities, fears, and pride. Remember, the most, the four most common fears in a relationship are, okay, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of conflict, fear of being alone. These are the fears that often fuel our responses and ignite our arguments. Curious, which, of, which one of those resonates most with your own heart? Let me give you an example. Um, you say to your spouse, okay, th this is an example of a fear-based response. You say to your spouse, hey, uh, do you think we could go to the movies this weekend? And they respond with this over-the-top reaction. The movies, are you kidding me? It's, you know what? It's never enough for you, is it? Why do we always have to do something? You've got to be kidding me. Do you know how hard I work for our family? 
<laughs> and you're like, what in the world just happened? What's the big deal? I just thought we could go to a movie. And next thing you know, you're into this, you're in this huge argument. The real problem was not going to the movies. The issue is they feel insecure because it's not in the budget to go to the movies. You don't have the money. And they feel like a failure by having to tell you that because they fear that you're going to see them as being not enough and that you're going to reject them. Okay. And, and this is what we're missing all the time and we're having these arguments, okay? And I'm telling you, or maybe, maybe, maybe you don't have an argument. Maybe they didn't respond over the top. Maybe they just got really quiet and they avoided your question because they fear that their answer will produce disappointment and then conflict and all they want is peace, okay? Maybe they fear that you're not going to see them as a good provider. Maybe your spouse fears that, that you're not going to see them as a good lover. Maybe they fear that you're not going to see them as a good husband or a good wife. And fear-based responses can get irrational really, really quickly. All right. So to break the argument cycle, you have to drill down to the real issue behind the reaction. And you do this by asking yourself what I call the three discovery questions. Here they are. Okay. Number one, what am I feeling right now? Okay, so do I feel angry or is this just one of those four fears disguised as anger, right? Or, or do I feel insecure for some reason? That's the first discovery question. What am I feeling right now? Do I really feel angry? Do I really feel offended with my spouse? Or is this just fear coming out? Number two, why am I feeling this way? Once you've identified the feeling, ask the why question. Why did this moment trigger that response? And number three, where in my past, did this come from? Oh, goodness. These three questions, if you'll take them seriously and you'll do the work with them, they can, I'm telling you, they can transform your marriage. They can transform your communication and they can absolutely restore emotional trust and intimacy with your spouse. Was it from a past experience with not feeling good enough uh, for one of my parents, my mom or my dad? Was it because of some rejection I faced in an old relationship that I carried over into my marriage? Um, was it because of how I watched my mom and dad fight when I was a kid? And I don't want to go through what they went through. Where in my past did this come from? Let me recap. What am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling this way? And where in my past did this come from? When you first start this exercise, you may need to get off by yourself for 20 or 30 minutes to ask yourself those questions. Okay. Take your phone with you. Take a, a, an ink pen and some paper with you write down the answers to those questions, then come back to your spouse and talk them through what you've discovered about your own reaction in the argument. Here's what's going to happen. Over time, as you both grow, you'll be able to process those three questions together in real time. Okay, but initially you might have to come apart and ask yourself those questions and do the hard work. Okay, here's the thing about our fears. We typically want to mask our fears. Because we've falsely been taught that fear is a weakness. Here's the reality. The reality is that fear is oftentimes the last layer of defense standing between the person you love and that old source of pain that's holding you back. Okay. Because the truth is we all carry some pain, some wounds. All of us want to heal. And all of us want to give and receive love well. It's not like we're like, no, I just don't want to give love well. No, I want to, I want to keep arguing. Nobody says that. Nobody wants that. And learning how to communicate those old fears to our spouse 
That is the road to healing. And that is the road to breaking the argument cycle. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you four, uh, I want to give you some discussion questions. Uh, you can go back and listen to this later. You can bookmark this episode and listen to it with your spouse. But I want to give you some discussion questions to um, work through on your own and with your husband or wife. All right. Of the four types of relational fears that I talked about, which two, which two resonate most with you and your spouse? Which two? Is it the fear of rejection, uh, not being enough for your spouse, the fear of abandonment, fear of conflict, or fear of being alone? Number two, question number two, are you able to identify where in your history the two fears you just identified started to show up in your life? Can you identify at what point in your past those fears began to manifest? Was it your childhood? Was it after your parents got a divorce? Uh, was, it when, was it you going through a bad breakup as an adult? All right. Question number three, uh, I want you to practice applying those, those three discovery questions to an old argument. So maybe you and your spouse had an old, old argument. If it's still fresh, don't do it. If you haven't forgiven each other, if you haven't worked through it, then don't do it. If there's still emotions that connected to it, don't do it. Okay, bad idea. You need to get through the argument first. But I want you to practice applying those discovery questions to maybe an old point of contention uh, that comes up from time to time in your marriage. Okay. Again, don't pick a topic that's too raw. That's going to cause you to have a fresh argument that defeats the purpose. Pick something you both feel kind of safe talking about. Apply the questions to that situation, right? Those, remember, uh, those three discovery questions that we just talked about. All right. And then ask yourselves, man, what did we just find out about ourselves? You're going to find out stuff about yourselves. You're going to begin to heal because when you begin to communicate the fears in your heart, you know what you're doing? You're cleaning out the wound. Yep. You're cleaning out the wound. Um, I remember... This is years ago. Um, I had a minor like biopsy done on a, a spot on my leg. I had this dark spot on my leg. The doctor did this biopsy. As soon as he cut into it, blood started to gush. He's like, "Oh gosh, uh, we found out what it is. It was it was just it was nothing at all. Um, sorry if you've got a weak stomach and um, uh, blood makes you sick. I'm sorry about that. But that's what happened. He's like, "Hey, you just had blood pooling. It's not. You're safe. You're fine." He stitched me up. I went home. Nothing to it. Went back. Got the stitches out. We're good. You know, a week went by, and where the stitches were. Um, it started to get infected. It started to get really, really red and infected and it hurt. I had to go back to the doctor. He's like, man, let's take a look. This should have been healed by now. I don't know why this hasn't healed. It's getting worse. He looks at the wound and he goes, oh, I see what happened. And he goes in with a pair of tweezers and he pulls out a stitch. Okay. They, they missed those nurse who took out my stitches. She missed a stitch and she left it in my leg. And he said, it, that was the problem. I'm so sorry. We, we accidentally left a stitch in there and, and the wound couldn't heal as long as this foreign object was still embedded in the wound. Okay. Your heart cannot heal until you get the fear, that old pain, that pride, that insecurity, all of that stuff, all of those wounds in your heart. It cannot heal until you clean out the wound. Communicating with your spouse about the fears in your heart is you cleaning out the wound, and it is what's going to facilitate the healing process in your marriage. Okay, let's recap today's transformational truth. Unspoken fears produce communication failure in marriage. Listen, if transformational truths is helpful to you, to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment. Go to Apple iTunes. Rate the show. Write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.